Okay, so I'm going to kick off this episode giving you a confession about house renovation that has held true for every single home that I've owned, that I've renovated. Um, this is the third house that I've purchased, um, that I've lived in, so I've purchased other homes. Um, some that's been true of all three houses that I've owned, well, the other two. Every time I did a renovation project, and I've done some big ones, some crazy ones. I mean, I've, I've gutted houses, um, moved walls out, moved walls around, added, you know, a floor, built out Windows. an attic. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, this one, I knocked out a whole wall right here in our office and added those windows. Um, that's a funny story for another time when you were out of town, and then I sent you a snap of, uh, oh, wall's missing. Yeah, that was funny. Um, it was. Okay, every single other house, I have cut the water line and literally water after being cut with the saws all, you know, cutting through a wall, didn't know there's a water line there or just something bizarre. Because back in the day, I had historical homes. I mean, they just run a water line anywhere. And you're all of a sudden like, oh, there's water everywhere. You got to go out to the street. You got to cut the line off. And now there's not water in the house until you repair it. I, I had... I'm not going to say it was PTSD and play around with that because, I mean, it was, you know, that's a, that's a serious thing that we talk about, you know, other platforms. But I remember when I'm renovating this house where we live, being so aware of all the water. And I'm just thinking, because I'm, you know, same thing, knocking out walls, adding on rooms, adding on a whole tiny house. I, I keep thinking the whole time, oh, please don't nick that copper line please don't cut oh yeah like i am just sure that a, a nail from a framing gun is going to go off sideways in the whack a hole and i'm going to have the whole thing going on again hole in the pipe slice pipe cut the water off never happened here i'm so glad <laughs> how does this have anything to do with grants um, well, it's a it's a great analogy, actually. And that's what I was waiting for. I was like, where's the analogy? Yeah, well, I mean, well, the thing with grant writing is, because that's the series we're in now, uh, and today I want to talk about when and how to apply. And there's a couple categories on each of those that we'll get into. But grant writing, it's like this. And one of the reasons people don't do it is it, it is ultra confusing unless you have a system. Now, we've talked about that. We've got a system information down in the show notes below. Here's the next thing. It's not instant money. And we live in such a microwave, Instapot, air fryer mm -hmm. culture. I mean, you're the queen of the air fryer where everybody just thinks, I'm going to apply today and get it tomorrow. And if I can't do that, like I'm, I don't even want to mess with it, especially in the nonprofit world, because you always need money. You could always use more. The grant making thing is like this. If you turn the water off at the street, the water is going to run through the pipes for a little bit. I mean, think about if I didn't even cut the line. You're in the shower, and then I go turn off the water at the street because I'm going to do something. Water's going to run into that shower for a little bit, even after I turn off the line. It's going to come through, but eventually, like, it's going to be out of all the pipes. It's going to be empty. Mm -hmm. Now, you go repair the pipes. You get the lines fixed. 
it's ready to flow. You turn on the spigot to the shower, turn on the handle to the faucet, whatever, it's still gonna take some time because you're gonna feel the air in the lines, you're gonna hear it gurgling and popping before the water comes through. That's how it has to do with grant making. You've got to write today for money that you want four to six months from now. You turn the water on at the street in the house. Think about it not taking 40 seconds to get to the faucet or less. Think of it taking four to six months and it's flowing the whole time. But if at any point somebody goes back to the street and turns it off, water might run for a little bit. You turn off the grant making machine, water might keep flowing, money might keep coming for a few more months, but any month that you're not taking action, you are in the future buying months, four to six months from now, of inaction of money. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All I right, understand now that. you got the analogy. Okay, so here's what it becomes important to do is you really got to know when to apply and how to apply. Now, when. Two ways that the when happens. Actually, actually, there's three. And then I'm going to tell you how to manage it. When is some grant makers, they say, you we'll take we'll take an application from you anytime that you want to send it. You just take it, our board meets once a month, send it in, we'll take a look at it anytime. There are other grant making organizations that say, hey, we're only going to take a grant on these certain months. Some of them take them three times a year, some two times a year, some on times that seem to make sense, you know, March, June, uh, September, December on kind of the quarters. Others of them, it seems arbitrary deadlines. Like there's one local organization, they take them in February, they take them some random date in April, some random date in November, which seems to make sense with whatever it is they have going on organizationally. But you've got to, I teach in this training, create yourself a master calendar with all those due dates so that you can manage that workflow. Create the master calendar with all those due dates so that you can manage the workflow. And then we suggest you fill in, because some of those dates, some of those months, you're going to have a lot of them. Some of those months, you're going to have just very few. Fill in the months that are leaner with requests from people who have any time dates. Does that make sense? So that your workflow sense. stays the same every single month. That makes a yes, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, knowing that you have to work ahead, the calendar seems like a no brainer. But again, if you have not ever done this, you don't understand that. Um, and then how to apply online. This one's easy and or mail it in. Now, increasingly, here's what I see. More and more people are going to this online application thing. Um, however, it might lead you to think, oh, well, I, I'm not going to do anything that still won't snail mail. Um, if you've got the grant making template that we put together down in the show notes, remember, they're all asking the same questions. Several objective things, several subjective things. We talked about those uh, in previous episodes. They're all asking for the same exact stuff. Uh, here's what I'm going to say about the ones where you mail it in. Some of those, ironically, at Crosswinds, 
have been our biggest donors, not the online applications. So don't overlook uh, the tech stuff uh, at the expense of missing out on the opportunity of doing this stuff the old-fashioned way. Um, we'll just explain it. Let's just roll into the training. Hey, this is Andy. I wanted to take a quick break, short break from the podcast. Uh, here's a question that we receive quite often is, how can you help? Or, or sometimes people say, well, 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 can you help me in my situation? And that always reminds me, oh, we need to bring more clarity to our messaging and dial in our website and our communication a little bit more. As you might know, this is an ongoing process. And so I've received that question enough. I thought, hey, let me just bring some clarity to that. There are really three broad ways that we can help you. Uh, number one is some people come to us and they say, what I need is really just content or information, whether it comes in the form of a book or a mini course or a full-blown masterclass mega type course with downloads and worksheets and all of those. So a little bit of information or a lot of information, we can help you in that lane. That means you're really wanting to publish a book or create a course or amplify your message or learn about the systems and processes that we use, understand how the publishing game, the messaging, dialing in your message works, but you really think, hey, if I have the information, I can do it. And so if we can serve you in that level and you just need the content, that's something that we can do. Um, if you are in a second group of people, some people say, well, I, I really prefer coaching and interaction. I, I want somebody to walk with me through the process. Now, when we do that, coaching, we always provide you with information and content, but we start a different sort of relationship to where we interact, whether that's a group coaching community um, that's larger and open to a lot of people, or whether it's a more unique small group mastermind or even one-to-one -one coaching, we can serve you at that level and we can give you the content and walk with you. And then there's a third group of people that say, hey, I, I don't necessarily just need the information or the coaching and the interaction. I actually want to engage you to implement this for me. I want to talk about contracting you, whether it's to ghostwrite my book or it's to advise on a situation or it's to help me build out a scenario or a framework or whatever it is that you might feel like you need, we can help you in that lane as well. So whether it's, again, just to repeat number one, content and information, we can do that. Or whether it's coaching and interaction, we can do that or that third level, uh, really contract and implement the stuff for you. Turnkey, done for you projects, we can do that as well. Here's the best place to go. Best place is to go to the homepage of our website and there's a button that says start here. And it'll take you to the bottom of the page where it just says which one of these best describes you. 
And so you just choose, I'm, I'm a business leader, or I'm an online marketer, or I'm, I'm new, or I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I'm a nonprofit leader, I'm whatever it is that you are, choose that. And then you just tell us on the next page, I, I prefer content and information, or I really wanna to talk to you about coaching and interaction, or I prefer contract, implement it, get it done for me. And whatever you decide there, it will take you to the next best step. Questions, comments, there's a button at the top that says contact us. We always reply, same business day. I'll talk to you soon. Because we really want to help you amplify, that is multiply, monetize the mission, the message that you have to shape the ideas, the words that are in your head and share them with the world. When and how to apply and how often can you apply? Now, let me say this and then I'll, I'll break it all down as we move forward. Uh, when to apply, there are two ways that the schedule works to make your application. Uh, and then there are really two ways that you can apply two broad ways. Okay, so, so two broad wins and two broad hows. Here is the how. Do that one first. Uh, some grant makers are gonna say, hey, send that thing in the mail. Send it to this PO box or to this office and it needs to be postmarked or hand delivered by this date. Send it in the mail. Others are going to say, we prefer an online application. Increasingly, more and more are moving towards online, but we'll highlight it right here in this note at the bottom of the screen, follow the guidelines per each grant maker. Um, there are, let me say this, the largest grants that we have received in the past two years have not been online. The largest grants that we've received have been sent in the mail and or hand delivered. So both of these are important. Bo both of them are absolutely essential. Now, now that you know that the how they do it, and, and you know, both of these are important, let me tell you when you can do it. Um, there are two primary ways that you can do these grants. Um, the first is this, anytime applications. There are some grant makers out there that will say, hey, you know, we'll take the grant anytime you want to bring it, anytime you want to send it, send it. And then our board will look at it. And generally, um, those tend to be family foundations. They'll say send it at any time. Others will say send it at any time, but just know that our board's going to look at it. Uh, they meet the first week of each quarter and then they make decisions. And so just be sure you get it in by them, but you can send it anytime. And then there are going to be other grant makers that say specific times. Now, those specific times could be quarterly. They could be twice a year. Uh, they might even be random. In fact, there's a local grant maker. Let me highlight that one. It seems random, but it makes sense to them. They take in Birmingham, Alabama, this, uh, it's an insurance company that has nonprofit charitable wing. They take grants in February. They take them in April. They take them in October. I have no idea how they pick those dates seems random, but I'm sure it's based on something in their workflow that really makes sense 
if you got inside the organization. Uh, there's a big foundation in town in Birmingham uh, that that takes grants uh, every March and every September. And so you just know, hey, I'm that that's when they do. It. There are others that take them once a year. That's it. Um, now, I do want to highlight at the bottom, there are a few grant makers that work on an invite only protocol. And that means they may have a specific date when you apply, but they've got to give you access to their online portal. And if you don't get the access from them, you don't get in uh, or, or it may not be they have an online portal. It might be that you got to mail it. But they, they, they might say, hey, we don't accept unsolicited grants. Like you can't just send it. So you want to pay attention to all of this and you want to begin putting it in a spreadsheet. In fact, that, that leads me into seven suggestions that I'll give you about all of this. This is where it's going to get really super practical. Seven suggestions for you. The first suggestion is this. I encourage you to make a list of the grant makers and add to it constantly. Now, we alluded to that in module number one. In this module, I'm going to show you really what some of that should look like. Suggestion number two is make a note of how much you think they will give. Now, now notice that, how much you think. Uh, so sometimes that's going to adjust as you get better information. In fact, all of this is going to adjust other than their name as you get better information. Uh, you want to make a note of how much you think they give, the, the kind of grants and kind of things they will fund, uh, the kind of application they require, whether it's online or whether it's mail in, and you want to make a note of any other thing that you learn about them. Number three, and I'm going to show you what all this looks like in a moment. It's super simple. You want to review your list each month and you want to work on the next month that is due. So we're not, we're not reviewing everything on the spreadsheet. We're going to simply look at next month. So uh, if grants are due September 15th, then we want to work on them in the month of August. So generally, um, in my world, I I'm looking at everything about a month, a month and a half ahead. Uh, it makes no sense. In fact, you can't sometimes get even into the online portal until it's closer to time because they don't open it up. And if you send it in three, four months in advance, if it's a mail-in application, it might get lost. So you really want to kind of be very timely and get it there um, when it makes sense. And so that means just pay attention to the timelines. But let me show you what some of this looks like. Now, this is, this is old. This is what I was using about a decade ago when I was working at the nonprofit, but this really hasn't... Uh, changed at all and you can you can scan this you can you can look at some of these and you can see okay over on the left side here's the name of the grant makers and i knew that these were all due on february 1st now if they're due on february 1st when do i write and when do i send them in well, i've got to get them in before february 1st that's why i'm looking at these december and january uh, I, I do want you to notice something like uh coca-cola you could apply to them at any time, but I'd gotten inside information that, hey, February is the best time. Um, Daniel Foundation, that one was due mid-February. So Ford Foundation, they didn't have to actually have a deadline. But, I, but what I'd done is I'd inserted some of these in because they did not have a deadline. And so I knew, hey, February is, tends to be a light month. 
And so I'm going to slide in some that don't have a deadline that I can apply to at any time. And I'm going to fill my tank here, my workflow with grants so that every month I'm sending out a, a certain amount. Uh, I'll explain that in a moment. Here's the kind of application they want. Well, Coke wants online. Um, the Alabama Power Satellite Office, not Alabama Power Foundation, but the satellite offices can give you money. They wanted your power company probably the same way. Um, didn't know when the deadline was. So I, I said, hey, let's research it and make sure, but let's apply to them in February. Uh, here's the deal. If you get the deadline wrong, no, and you take a shot at it. Hey, you still told them about your project and they'll write you back. They'll let you know. And, and that's when you, you pick up the phone and go, oh, thank you so much. You build a relationship. Uh, Ford, mail it in. Honda, online. Kellogg, online. Uh, Matthew 6-2 Fund, mail it in. Palikas Foundation, mail it in. Protective, uh, they want a letter of inquiry first. Here's, look, they've got random dates. It seems random. Stallworth, WEDC, Xerox, mail it in. Now, again, this data is probably not up to date. This is a spreadsheet that's several years old. Notice what I was writing. I would, I would always kind of project out and go, okay, next time I write, I'm going to write for, now this was the name of a program we had going on at that nonprofit. Uh, I would also put, um, you know, other notes that I had. So like this, this is a company right here that's not a grant maker at all. They help people get grants. But I would know, hey, early winter, I need to reach out to them because they will partner with me on a grant writing thing. And if we win it, they get a piece of it based on uh, really some legitimate criteria. And there are people that will do that if you find out who they are. Let me show you another one. Uh, May. Notice this one's different. Uh, you can take a screenshot if you want to go through it. Uh, but I, I put the actual deadline is May, November. That means this person right here, Birmingham Auto Owners Association, they're going to appear on the November list. Uh, notice this, BBVA, March, April, May. Now, I, I did learn application process is online, so I filled in that. Some of these others, uh, McCabe, that was to mail it in. They didn't actually have a deadline. Uh, now, notice, Protective Life, right there, they are on the May list. That's why I put this in here. They are also on the February list. So I knew, let's find them right there, closer to the bottom. You can see that. Um, I, I knew that you could apply multiple times. And so I might apply multiple times to them. I also knew, I told you about government grants. I knew there were certain federal grants that were out uh, at certain times that might fit in with what we were doing. So I had those listed kind of separate from these private charities and organizations. Now, if you look at September, September is a huge, March and September seem to be these massive months. And so here's what I learned to do. I'll, I'll probably repeat this later on is I would, uh, and, and again, this is the kind of spreadsheet that you might want to build. Just look at those categories up there. Uh, I, I would know that September was a busy month. So I, I want to write out, in, in my world, I want to write out at least for, for what we're doing as our organization. I wanted to write out at that time about $100,000 to $150,000 in grants a month. Now, I get it. There are organizations that do a lot more, some that do a lot smaller. That's kind of the lane that we were in. I knew I wasn't going to get all of them. I get a percentage of them. I'm going to write out about $100,000. Well, this month, you've got all of these that have actual deadlines. 
And so in that month, I'm going to focus on deadlines. Actually, in August, I'm going to focus on writing the September grants that have deadlines. But when you see some of these other months and go, well, uh, it seems like, you know, February, it doesn't have a lot that are due in February. March is going to have a lot. So in February, I'm going to write the March deadlines because March is a heavy month. But in January, I'm going to write the February 1st due dates. This is the due date, to be clear. So you can figure out how to name this and organize this on your own. I always had it listed by the due date. Uh, so I would say I'm, I'm going to fill in all these others that don't have a due date that I can write anytime. That means every single month, my workload, it's the same. I, I don't have certain months where it's like, oh, man, I'm writing every day, all day, so long doing this. Because no, no, remember, promise was you could do this ultra part time and create a pace and workflow where you get the work done. I want you to show you this too. I had a separate list that was for in-kind donations. So I knew that all of these different places, again, this is when I was writing for an organization that I was leading. We were helping people come off drugs, off the streets, out of prison, human trafficking. So we're, we're, we're housing. So I, I knew I can write all these people wood for bunks, in-kind donations. No deadline. I'd fill it in whenever I could. Hyundai, uh, vehicle, they did have a deadline. We, we got a vehicle from Honda, not Hyundai. Uh, Honda had a deadline at a different times. But but you, you start looking at this and going, okay, I can break this down. I can create a system. So first three of seven suggestions, make a master list, add to it constantly, make that note of how much you think they will give or what they'll give, the kind of application you just saw that. Review that list each month and work ahead. Name the deadline when it is. Work ahead. Here's suggestion number four. Spend one or two days per month doing nothing but grant requests all day. Get in it. Stay in it. It is so much easier to, to write four or five of them back to back to back to back to back because they're all asking the same questions than it is to do it today. It takes two hours. Got to get it out tomorrow. Got to do it again. Got to do it the next day. It's like, no, no, you, I'll tell you this. You can write five in the amount of time that it normally takes to write two if you're doing the two separately. Why? Because you got your computer open. Why? Because you got your head open. Your brain is in that space and you can just start plumbing. So set, a, set that time aside and just jam on it one to two days a month. Number five. Keep good records of what you apply for and what they accept, what they reject. 75% um, of the time, you're not going to hear back from all of them. I'd love to say that you would. 75% of the time, you will hear back. And they will say, fund for this. So, in fact, we don't fund for organizations like yours at all. You take them off the list or put them, put them on another list so that if you're working somewhere else in the future, they, they might fund what you're doing. Uh, or if you bump into somebody that needs what they fund, you can make the referral. Uh, or they will say, hey, uh, we don't fund for that amount. You need to apply for less. Uh, one time I was, um, I sent some a request to uh, a local insurance company, life, not life insurance, health insurance here in the Birmingham area. And the guy that ran the foundation, he gave me a call and he said, hey, you applied for 5,000. We just don't have that typically. We give 2,500 to 3,000. But if you'll resubmit this request, I'll go ahead and push it through. 
well, I mean, goodness, like I changed my record based on that. So I've had grant makers say, hey, apply for more. I've had them say apply for less. But you, you don't ever know until you keep that spreadsheet, keep that data, and then just keep working from that. And, and then consequently, we got multiple grants from, from that guy. Uh, I've, I've got multiple grants from them at multiple organizations. Uh, sixth suggestion is follow up with everyone. Everyone. They generally tell you how long it takes to get a decision. So uh, you can go ahead and build a relationship with the gatekeepers. Um, so follow up right there with everybody. Uh, I would not follow up with them before they said you would hear from them. But, you know, two to three, four weeks after you should have heard from them, that's when you want to follow up. And you can get some feedback. Oh, hey, a lot of times it, it won't be about you at all. It'll be, hey, they, they'd already kind of determined where these grants were going to go. Yeah. Hey, no problem. Do you mind if I stay in touch? I'll show you how to do that in a minute. Um, or they'll say, hey, you had a great request, but, you know, they really didn't feel like you supplied enough information here. Oh, man, that's great feedback. You know, put that in your file, in your spreadsheet, and uh, next time, correct it. Here's the seventh suggestion, and this is a game changer. Send the same or similar grant requests. Send the same or similar grant requests to all grant makers. Uh, send the same or similar. What does that mean? A lot of times I talk to people and they go, well, man, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write 10 grants this month. Most of them don't do that. Most of them write like one or two. Because they think that you got to write a different one from every foundation that you're sending to. No, send the same thing to all of them. Something very similar. You know, if you've got a, let's just use our number $100,000 project again. Man, send it to 10 foundations and ask them all for $10,000. Or send it to 20 foundations and ask them for $10,000. 20 foundations asked for $10,000 for a 200,000, for, for, it would be $200,000 in a request for a $100,000 project. You're not going to get funded by wall. Half of them, at least, in fact, I would say probably if you're hitting five to 10% of the request or saying, yes, man, you're doing great. So send the same thing. When I was working at the village, that was a nonprofit. I had four requests that I, that I wrote four great requests that people would fund and I just rotated. So if I wrote to one grant maker this year uh, in March, just saying, uh, I would have, if they funded it, great. I can't apply to them until next year. The next year I would send them request number two. Uh, if they rejected it, then in the next time I wrote, I would send them request number three. The next time I would send them request number four and I would literally just work through it. I had them all on a different schedule of what I was requesting. And so you think about that every two to three years, I'm updating and repeating and tweaking those similar same requests based on progress that we've made over the past two to three years, but I'm still sending the same request. Uh, right now with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture, uh, I'm sending, I've got three requests that I'm rotating. So about every six to nine months, uh, some of these grant makers get a request and then, you, you know, you start doing that. I'm sending them something every six to nine months. So that means in about two years, somewhere in that lane, they're going to get an updated 
similar request, but you're not having to come up with all of this stuff. All right, so now you know module three, when and how to apply and how often. I wanted to just direct your attention to the show notes below where I have a PDF for you that is all about grant making. It is the template I use. Uh, ever so often, it seems like every few months, I'll get the question, how do you know how to write grants? And where do you find the grant makers? And how do you do figure all this out? And I always tell people the same exact reasoning behind it. I have been doing this for an extremely long time. I have been in the nonprofit world for over two decades. And at some point, I didn't know anything about writing grants and had to step into the process uh, on my own from scratch and just figure it out. And uh, as you might imagine, uh, if you start wading down that trail, you've probably already figured this out. There are so many variables, so many unknowns. Now, the thing that I did have going for me was I wrote everything down and I tended to file it and categorize it and create a system out of it. They often say that experience is a good teacher, and it is. I learned a lot through that process. The problem with gaining the experience is it eats up your most valuable resource, your time. And if you're focused on the mission of a nonprofit, you need to spend the majority of your time, I would say 90% at least of your time on that mission and not chasing the money. Yet the catch is you need the money. So back to the thing, experience is a good teacher for sure. Um, that's how I learned it. But evaluated experience and learning from someone else's experience if it's all broken down for you, can be a great teacher because you learn all the stuff, you avoid the mistakes, you accelerate the learning curve, and you get the absolute same results uh, plus some because now you get to uh, skip all the potholes and stay out of the ditches. And so the grant making machine is a course where we put all of this together. It's down below. I would encourage you to take a look at that. The link is there. And if you're so inclined, jump straight into that course. And right now you can create a grant making machine at your nonprofit. Now, if you think, well, I might want to kind of tiptoe into it and see what it's about. There is a low level item that I have for you, but it has massive output and can create exponential fruit for you. That is the grant making template. You can download that absolutely free. And it is gonna take you step by step through the objective things you need for every grant and the subjective elements that you need for your specific project. If you've been listening to this series, you realize that all grant makers ask for the absolute same things. So in that template, you're gonna to learn to get the messaging right, you're gonna learn how to file it, and you're gonna learn how to grab it and keep reusing the same stuff in each grant that you write, saving you time while raising money so that you can focus on the mission. All those resources are in the links down below.